Welcome back to the Legacy Through Motherhood podcast. This is Stephanie, your host. And if you are new here, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. And in this podcast, we rotate between five main topics, faith, finances, health, marriage, and mindset. And the goal being that, you know, we just work on becoming 1% better every single day in each of those five areas. And I just believe that the small, seemingly insignificant things compound over time. So by taking extreme ownership of wherever we are in life and then making just small, consistent changes can drive positive generational change. And side note, before we jump in, <laughs> if you don't know, we are foster parents. And if you listen from the if you listen from the beginning, you will hear kind of our foster journey woven throughout these episodes. And if you are curious about foster care and the logistics of it all, episode 10 is actually called Children Belong in Families. And it is all about foster care. So feel free to check that out. But quick update for our family. So on Friday night, uh, we got a placement of a two, almost three-year-old little boy that is now with us, which means we have a two, three, four, five-year-old and an eight-year-old, all boys. (laughs) And I just want to say that a common objection for families that are considering foster care is the fact that they have young kids themselves. And many times people, including us really, think that, you know, well, what the heck, we already have a bunch of little ones and it's already a lot. There's no way we could foster another, you know, three-year-old or two-year-old or four-year-old right now. And that may or may not be true. You know, I don't know your situation, but I just want to encourage you with this. Like when you have kids that are the same age as kids that you foster, it makes things so much more simple. Not necessarily easier, okay? It's, I mean, it's difficult, but it's just more simple. Because, uh, well, here's a recap of kind of what happened when the social worker dropped him off on Friday night. Basically, she walked in with him and she sat him down in our kitchen. And my three-year-old said, hey, bud, you want to play with this ball? You know, my two-year-old ran up and said, hi, (laughs) all up in his face. My four-year-old like showed him another toy and my eight-year-old got our toy bin down. And, you know, our foster son now walked right in and played with them all night long. And like literally did not skip a beat. And can you imagine the trauma of a kid being taken from their home, right? To be able to come into our home and see kids his age and, um, you know, just toys that he could relate to is so, so powerful. And at bedtime, you know, all four of my kids went potty and they hopped in bed and he watched them do it. And then I took him to his room and read him a book and he kind of kept telling me like that he just wanted to go home. So I just kind of hugged him and let him wander in and out of his room for about 30 minutes or so, you guys. And literally, he just walked back into his room, like curled up on his toddler bed and fell asleep. Like kids make kids feel safe, you guys. And your kids will show kind of the way, quote unquote, right, for your foster kids. And typically, they will just get in line and kind of follow suit, right? It's like a safe place when there is some order, (laughs) Plus, when you have kids around the same age, you know what behavior is typical, right? Like you already have the high chair or the bibs or the school schedule running or whatever. Like they just fit into your life way, way easier. So I encourage you that if you feel a pull on your heart to foster and you think maybe it would be too much because you have young kids yourself right now, would you just consider kind of coming back to that thought and thinking through about why fostering kids the same age as your little ones could actually prove to be simpler because you're already in that stage. You know what I mean? You're already all in for that stage as it is. Anyways, this is our first placement since uh, sweet baby Jay left this past spring. So I just wanted to update you guys. I know some of you guys follow and are just a huge support. Okay, so let's jump into our topic for today because it's not foster care. It is finances. (laughs) And we're going to talk about something I'm really, really passionate about, which is normalizing talking about finances with our people. Okay. And I want to go ahead and just lead with this nugget or whatever the heck you want to call it. Did you know that the lower middle class thinks talking about money is rude or offensive? But upper class or world class people think that talking about money is actually intellectual. Isn't that interesting? I heard this articulated for the first time when I read uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, and then I heard it again when I read Secrets of the World Class. And when I re- when I heard this, I remember being like, "Oh my gosh, yes, yes, like this, this is completely it." And to be clear, like poor middle class doesn't necessarily mean being broke 
or being financially poor. I mean, it could. And often there is like a correlation. But when we talk about um, rich and um, middle class or upper class, world class or whatever, we're talking more than just economic status. I'm talking about like a way of thinking. And if you've ever read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the poor dad in the book is not actually poor, like economically. The poor dad in the book is a college-educated dad who makes good money but just does not understand how money works or how to make money work for him. And he is living kind of the normal work and grind and then retire and die narrative. And so he was considered his poor dad in that book. All right. Now you could be financially poor, but eager to learn and eager to just win with money. And once that desire hits, you guys, like you have started the switch over into that world-class thinking. And while your finances might not be world-class just yet, I would bet that they are not far behind because our outer world is really just like a projection of our mindset. Our mindset leads whether it is like subconscious beliefs, conscious beliefs, it doesn't really matter. Our mindset is what happens first and then our physical world kind of follows, right? And the other thing when we're talking about talking about finances is that depending on how you feel about your own finances is going to really, really, really show up in your um, attitude or your feelings when others are talking about their finances, Like if you're not satisfied with your finances and you're not clear in the direction you are heading with them, then when someone else that does have a, you know, goal or whatever talks about a financial win or how much money they make kind of in passing or just in conversation, you're going to feel possibly some frustration or maybe jealousy. And it may come out in thoughts that sound like, well, that must be nice or, oh my God, literally no one cares, right? But If you are confident in your finances and committed to growth, then anything anyone says is not going to freaking annoy you. It's going to motivate you, right? Now, listen, there are people out there who are just freaking annoying and braggy about their finances just to be like, hey, I made a million (laughs) dollars. Congratulations. Thank you for telling me that, right? But true financial wins that our people have and that we have, true financial goals and aspirations should be able to be talked about, right? With people that you are close to. Now, Personally, I have a public platform, so I kind of shout my situation from the rooftops, but you don't need to do that, right? I just shared over in my Instagram stories that I paid for uh, my orthodontic work, which thank God I don't need braces, but I'm doing a true smile, kind of like Invisalign. I don't know, whatever. But it's over $5,000. And on my consultation day, I decided to pay for it in full in cash. And I talked through how we have built to this point in our finances and how that was just like, that was just a huge win for me, for us. Like, and it was nothing, it was, it's never about the actual amount, right? Like four years ago, we were a mess in debt, like ridiculous. And then you get to a point where you can pay $200 cash for something and that's exciting. And then you get to a point where, you know, you don't have to finance something that's a thousand dollars and that is a huge step, huge milestone. And that's super exciting. And then you get to 2000 and whatever. And so we were just able to do that with a $5,000 bill and that's huge. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's amazing. It's so exciting. And I shared that on my Instagram stories because I talk finances all the time. I talk about our story and our journey and I want to show what's possible in a short amount of time because a lot of times we really, um, I think that we're, when we're in it, when we're just covered in debt, we have bills all over the place, loans, you know, you name it. A lot of times we're like, man, it's, it's going to be 20 years before we get out of this mess. That's not true. Okay. Uh, if you don't have a plan, that could be true, but that's not typically true if you can get a budget get disciplined, stick to it, make some hard decisions. Now, um, later that night, after I paid that bill, um, I had sand volleyball. My mom was there. Is And my mom is somebody who I talk finances with all the time. And I told her about it, right? And she was like, dang, girl, good job. You know, excited for me, like celebrated that win, whatever. Now, again, if I didn't have a public platform, none of you guys would have heard about that. I would have just told my mom. It would have been normal for me to talk to her about it. And she would have congratulated me and we would have moved on, right? It's not weird for anybody. <laughs> so having someone 
to talk about finances with, to ask questions with, to uh, research or um, just try to figure out the best way to handle something, to ask about interest rates with and loans and investing and deals and whatever else is so crucial, you guys, to your financial success. Like if you don't have a person like that, feel free to DM me and we can chat. And you can send me any and all financial wins and I will cheer for you as loud as I possibly can. Like finances do not weird me out. They wake me up and they get me so freaking excited because I just want everyone to experience true, true, true financial freedom, right? And we're still on that journey. Like we haven't, I don't think you ever arrive here. And you know, the second someone opens up the door into their finances with me, like I'm so excited with the certain, with the clients that I'm working with. I'm like a kid in a candy shop, you guys. Like, bring me your mess. <laughs> the, the bills that are in collections, the embarrassing debt that you have, you know, the school loans that suck, the Starbucks obsession that you love and you just cannot, like, kick. And your just desire for financial freedom and let's just get to work, right? Like, I absolutely love walking alongside women to help them just get their finances together, which is why I have created my Money Mindset course and trusted with her finances and my 60 or 90 day budget coaching where I work one-on-one with clients to get their budget nailed down and actually only work with three clients at a time um, just so that I can, you know, give you guys my attention. But all the links for all of that will be in my show notes, but that's not what this episode's about. So for the remainder of this episode, you guys, I am going to be sharing a training my mom and I did together on Facebook Live. So the audio is going to switch and sound a little different once it kicks in. But my mom is one of my people that I talk finances with the most. Like she is the one who kicked my butt into gear. And so I want to share this training with you. And above the value of the training, I think we talk about like budgeting and just, I mean, saying no to yourself and your kids and how to get on track and all kinds of stuff. We talk about mortgages. I want you to listen to this conversation because you can tell how much we have talked about money before sitting down for this training. Like nothing is off limits. And when I was planning this episode on normalizing talking about finances, I thought, well, what a better way (laughs) to teach than to showcase a conversation where it is happening. Okay. So here is a training from my mom and I. Also, quick side note, this was a Facebook Live. So if you are in my community group, you can actually watch this video of us. And about three quarters of the way through, I accidentally like swipe my screen and uh, we lose everyone. <laughs> so there's about like a 30 second freak out moment with her, but this is a completely unedited video. So um, just enjoy the laughter and the ridiculousness from me and my mama. Hello, hello. Okay. All right, guys. Um, so a couple things. One, welcome. And two, my kids are supposed to be watching a movie right now, but my phone would not sync to our TV, of course. So they are downstairs um, trying to play Legos, and I've, like, bribed them with all kinds of popcorn if they will be quiet. But they are four and two and one, so I don't know that that's going to work. So if I have to pop in and out of here or you hear them, that's all right. It's fine. Um, hey, Justy. <laughs> Shouldn't you be working? <laughs> and how are you in this group? You're a dude. Oh, <laughs> this is girls only. Okay. Anyways, all right. So um, let's go ahead and get started. So this is my mama. And she is kind of, if you listen to the episode that just aired, um, she's really the reason that like, or who pushed me and Justin to really get on Dave Ramsey's like plan. And it seems like a lot of you guys are actually fans of Dave Ramsey. So um, I, don't have to con- I don't have to convince you like she had to convince me. Um, so I'm going to kind of give it over to her. She's going to introduce herself and then she's, I'll just kind of, I saw your guys' questions obviously in the comments and I will just ask her the questions. She will answer the majority and then I'll pop in. Hey, Renee, <laughs> you should be here. Just, <laughs> you got more personality than both of us combined. <laughs> so you, you really should be yeah. here. Just, <laughs> all right. So um, my name is Robin and I'm her mama um, and we started Dave Ramsey. I don't even, I don't have any idea how long ago I did, um, but we were in a lot of debt, a lot of consumer debt, credit cards, cars, just you name it. We had it all. We were just normal people. Um, But then it got to, it got so far along that it was like, oh my gosh, we can hardly even with both of our incomes pay everything. Like we, we can't save anything. So it got just to be crazy. And so that's when we discovered Dave Ramsey, really started to do uh, really intense um, and just moved along. And now here we are. 
all these years later, <laughs> debt free, mortgage free, mm-hmm. um, and moving on to we're at baby step six. We're building wealth and giving. So that's that is where God wants us to be, and that's where we are. So there we are. So are you ever going to do the Dave Ramsey screen? <laughs> you know what? Funny we story. <laughs> well, funny on with Dave Ramsey. No. Oh well, funny story is that I think she told me that her payoff date for her mortgage. Do you remember this a couple years ago? Uh, I don't know. You have to like schedule um, on Dave Ramsey's website to oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to like do the debt free screen on air. Um, and so I, and she told me it was like eight months prior, but she told me like, Hey, we're going to pay off our mortgage in August or whatever it was. And so Liz was like in February. And so in August I was, or I went on his website and I was, I almost like booked him for August. Like, well, now you have to do it by August to give him a little accountability. But that's what she does. Yeah. That's, that is what I do. But no, I didn't do that. So you should get on there. <laughs> okay. So let's jump in. So first question, how do you even freaking start how do you organize yourself and start to be just like disciplined with your money when you haven't said no to yourself in years and are in a situation yeah okay so first of all you have to you have to realize that this this is your money this is your money your income your life your budget you can do whatever you want to do and Maybe you've done that a little too much and now here you are. So again, when you do a budget, you have, it's your money. You can do whatever you want. You can give yourself a carpet, you know, budget going out money. You can budget whatever. It's your budget. But here's what you have to learn, which if you're in a lot of debt, you may not have learned this yet. Be nice. (laughs) <laughs> put put your tongue on the roof of your mouth. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> we haven't rehearsed this. <laughs> if, wait, it, you, or you can say it like this. Mm, no. Nope. No. Um, no, I don't think so. Mm, no, 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 no. If you cannot tell yourself no... And if you cannot tell your children no, even if they're teenagers, then you may never be out of debt. Morgan's throwing up all laughing. I'm just saying you have to be able to tell yourself no. You've told yourself yes, and if you can't tell yourself no, then you, you can't even start. So that's step number one. Step number one. <laughs> okay. Uh, say no. no. <laughs> Prove <laughs> <laughs> your mouth, everybody now. Okay, so saying no to yourself. Okay, so that's that's number one. Okay. okay. Number two, just like Stephanie said in her podcast earlier this week, you have to know where you're even starting. If you don't know where you're starting, if you don't know how much money you have, if you don't know how much money you spend on groceries, if you don't know how, if you don't know the answers to these questions, you can't make a budget. Oh no, maybe fifty dollars a week in groceries. Uh, nope. Okay, she's mocking me because literally, <laughs> literally when she sat down with me, I don't know if Justin, I don't know if you were there or not, but sat down and was like, okay, Steph, like, let's do a budget. I'm like, great. She's like, how much do you spend on groceries? I don't know. Just like ballpark, like $100, $150, $500, what? I literally have no idea. Like I, we go to the grocery and get the food we need and then we buy it and then we come home and you eat it. And then she's like, okay, let's not start there. Gas. How much do you fill up? Once a week? Twice a week? What? I have no idea. When my gas is in, like, I literally had zero clue how much. I mean, that was kind of embarrassing because she sat like, well, okay, we can't even start. Then. I can't even start. If you don't have a clue, tracking. Tracking, tracking oh, yeah. is a step number one. And it takes a month. You can't track your whole month in a week. So track the whole month. Every, every single thing, <laughs> all the gas, all your McDonald's runs, all your, track it all. Then once you have a clue, break it all down. Okay, here's how much we spend on groceries. Here's how much we spend on this and gas and, and whatever. And like I said in the podcast, don't be throwing your donuts and your chocolate milk that you got from the gas station on your gas budget. Nope, nope, nope. That doesn't work. Nope. So, so then once you do that, then you can start to figure out, okay, we're going to, here's how much we've spent in groceries. Here's how much we've spent with gas. Here's how much we spent, you know, um, on a Friday night. Here's how much our car payments and our credit cards and all the things. Here's how much everything is. So now 
every time you get paid, you have to break that down. I'm going to pay this with this paycheck, this with that paycheck, this with this paycheck. And then when you get to the end of the month, then, then all of your money should be spent in advance on paper. Like the first of the month, I'm going to have four paychecks. They're all going to total this. And I'm going to pay this on the first week, this on the second, this on the third. And then by the end of the month, here's what you're going to spend. And here's how much you have saved by the end of the month. So you spend all of your money on paper ahead of time. Then as you get your paychecks in, you just check it off, check it off, check it off and get to the end of the month. And there you are. That's how you start a budget. However, just so you know, all you perfectionists out there, raise your hand if you're a perfectionist. I'm not. You're not going <laughs> to do it right the first time. The first month is going to be a mess because you're going to forget that, oh, I forgot about that. Oh, I forgot about the kids had to have the, you know, whatever it is. It literally takes you two or three months to kind of get this ball rolling to where, okay, this is now three months in. This is now an accurate budget. This is where we really are at, and this is what we can really do. Um, so for all the people who feel like, man, I don't really understand spreadsheets, budgets, it's really, really confusing, and I don't even know how to work an Excel spreadsheet. How difficult. <laughs> this is me too, guys. I don't, <laughs> listen, this is literally, is this your debt snowball? Yeah. Okay, so this is her debt snowball that she's kept since, what, 06? That's outrageous. Okay, guys, I'm, listen, we, we have paid up our debt. We've done the debt snowball and all that crap is in the garbage. <laughs> I, I knew I'd need this. <laughs> She's like, oh, look, I got debt snowball stuff. I'm like, that's hilarious. And look, it ain't even got a single daggone wrinkle in it. I mean, my goodness. I keep it in a folder. <laughs> no. Anyways, I literally just used like a um, 99 cent um, spiral bound notebook and just like wrote it all in there. So if you don't know how to do spreadsheets, it don't take a spreadsheet. Like it literally does not. I'm, although I'm a paper girl, um, so just like very simple, just laying out what you make, laying out what you what needs to go out, um, and then that's her debt snowball, where basically you just list your debt from smallest to largest. Yeah. Um, here's my. Let's see. This was our budget. Can you so see we just that? you can't see that, but it's <laughs> like you list everything. You can get these at like office. Yeah. Max or whatever. And so this was every month. This is what we did. We spent it ahead of time on paper and then we just paid it. Well, and here's the nice thing about spending it ahead of time on paper is that you, um, once it's already spent ahead of time and you're like literally telling your money where to go, you don't have to deal with the like willpower when you actually have the cash in your hands. You know, it's like, well, I already, I have $25 for my miscellaneous. So now I don't like have a full bank account of like a thousand dollars when you just got paid or however much you make. And then you're like having to try to deal with the willpower. Like I literally would, Justin would get paid, Justin would get paid. And literally I'd be like, we have, you know, a hundred dollars left like over or whatever. And he's like, should we just get paid? I'm like, I know, <laughs> I need to spend, I need to pay all of our stuff first. And that way it's like, you only got this much left. You know what I mean? So it's like, he, he would like crack up every time. Like, dude, we just got paid. How do we have no money? Like, well, <laughs> we're trying to pay off all of our cars, all of our everything. Anyways. So that is smart to like have a plan. The second you get paid, it's gone. So you don't even have a chance to spend it on whatever else. Right. And, to, and, and then that's when the tell yourself no. There you go. She's, she's going to pop in. She's going to be in here all day on nightmares. <laughs> oh. Okay. So um, can you pay off? Next question. Can you pay off debt on one income? Um, yes, you can. And actually, Justin and I had two incomes, um, two decent incomes. I mean, I was a teacher, so I didn't make a ton, especially once childcare kicked in. Um, but you absolutely can. I mean, here's the thing. Um, a couple of things. Number one, when you are a stay-at-home mom, which is probably the situation here, in my mind, well, okay, so I should I should probably say up front, I deal with our money. Like I handle our money. Justin knows what's going on, but I handle all of our money. So in my mind, he's making the money, but I'm like playing defense. Okay. I'm searching for deals. I'm the one that would spend it all before, like the second he got paid because I was trying to pay our stuff out. Like I had a pulse on our finances, like at any point in time. You know what I mean? So like you control as a stay-at-home mom, typically like how much you're cooking dinner, how much you're doing whatever, how much you're spending on different things, shopping for Christmas. So like in, in my mind, it was, I was just like playing defense for those years that we were getting out of debt. Number one. Um, number two, we would also go on spending freezes. Sometimes when we felt like we were kind of unchecked in the financial 
region or whatever, we would just be like, okay, one week spending freeze. Like don't buy anything outside of like, I will buy our groceries. You can buy gas for work, but like spending freeze, nothing, not a freaking Twix from, you know, Walgreens, like nothing. Um, and it just kind of reset us. So I feel like, and then you save, right. I mean, $200. Well, you know what? I think when I was doing, when I was doing all that research for the podcast, it's over $400 that people spend a month on just like frivolous things. Like we nickel and dime ourselves. We get that Coke, you know, at the gas station, we get, you know, that extra thing at target, whatever it is, like you really nickel and dime yourself to death. Um, but outside of that, outside of that, you absolutely can on one income. Um, you just have to start the process. You just kind of have to start making that next step. And you need to find that smallest, um, bill that you have and that you're paying even like 30 bucks towards a month. Maybe it's a credit card, whatever. It's got $1,500 balance. I don't freaking know. Can we explain the debt snowball? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. So uh, if you don't know what a debt snowball is, um, I guess that's true. just like a snowball running downhill. So the first thing on my, um, my little, my little debt snowball sheet here was, uh, city health. I don't even know what that was. I can't remember what it was now, but it was $30. And so the payment was $30. The next thing was my Wait, student loan. Balance was $30. Yes. My next thing was my student loan, which this was a long time ago. I only had a thousand dollars left, but my payment was a hundred dollars. Okay. So when I paid off city health, $30, then I had that $30 left over. So then next month when I paid my student loan, I paid it a hundred dollars plus the 30. So now I paid $130 to my student loan. Okay, so you pay all of your minimum payments. This is how a debt snowball works. It works. You pay all of your minimum payments the whole month. You start with your smallest debt. You pay that off as fast as you can. And then the, whatever that payment is, you apply that to your next um, bill in line. And then as soon as that gets paid off, now, now I've paid my student loan off. Now I have $130 to do the next one. So I had a Bank of America credit card for $1,500. And so I took $130 and paid it onto the Bank of America credit card. And so as time goes on and you're paying minimum payments, we got to where sometimes we got to something in the list and it was already paid off because it had been six, eight months or whatever. So you're like, doo, doo, I'm jumping over that, okay. <laughs> taking all those into the debt snowball. At the end, our debt snowball was $1,254 a month. $1,254 a month. And extra, not including the house. That is just payments that we were making every month. So then when you have a snowball that big, you can imagine how you can now start paying, paying your house off a lot faster, which we'll get into in a minute. But. Right. Um, so yeah, so I would just say with, with um, the one income, number one, I don't know if I said this before, but Justin and I actually got out of debt on one income when I decided to be a stay-at-home mom. Number one, I took control of the finances because I just could keep a pulse on that like daily. Um, number two, I, um, we did the set that snowball and number three, what well, we said no to ourselves. Um, but then ultimately, and here's what people are going to either love or not love. Um, people either shut down with this story or it excites them. Okay. Our last house was like my most favorite, most beautiful house that we ever had. Um, we stressed ourselves to get there, um, because I wanted a home that we were in forever. Um, Justin, we had driven auction cars our whole life, but Justin wanted an Audi. And so, yeah, so we got an Audi. <laughs> so we upped our house. <laughs> we got an Audi. I got a Kia Sorento. Like it was just like a whole thing. Well, then I started having babies and I realized, mm, I don't know that I, like, I feel like I have to work um, all the time, even as a teacher, like not making that much because I carried the insurance and, and the whole thing. And I really wanted to be home. So what did we do? We downsized our house almost half when I was pregnant with my third and we have housed seven children in this house. Um, and it is literally a living room, a kitchen, a little dining room that I'm sitting in and a hallway with four bedrooms. That's it. Okay. So it's, it's not very big. Um, we sold Justin's Audi, which he will cry. About. <laughs> um, he took my Kia that I had cause we had already kind of paid stuff on that. Um, and he traveled a lot for work and then I got a $3,000 van that we actually paid cash for. So we drastically changed our lifestyle and then we just like debt snowballed like crazy. Okay. So you might have to make decisions like get rid of cable, do all these hard things. And remember that like 
it is only for a season. You only, well, really, you should tell yourself no a lot, but yeah. it's really only for a season, like, that you really have to get, like, into beast mode and say, no, like, we're downsizing, we're doing this, we're cutting this, and then you get to start from, like, this foundation and rebuild, and it's a beautiful thing. You just have to get there if you are in that situation. Um, okay, so I could talk more about that, but I'm not going to, um, but how to pay off your mortgage uh, once you've, <coughs> like, done your debt snowball. Yes. Okay. So I don't know if any of you have ever um, even looked at like an amortization chart. Do you know that there's a thing? It's a thing. Um, <clears throat> an amortization chart just basically says, okay, here's your mortgage for the next 30 years. And the January 1st payment is, let's just say your, or your mortgage is $1,000 a month. Your January 1st payment is $900 to interest and $100 to your actual principal payment. <clears throat> anyway, um, so then you can, as, as you make payments and make payments and make payments, that changes. So you have all this interest up front and this little bit of principal. As time goes on, each month, it changes and changes and changes until about 15 years into a 30-year mortgage, you've got $500 in interest and $500 in principal. And then it goes on. It go, now you're paying more in principal than you're paying in interest until you get down to the very end, the very last payment, you're paying $995 in principal and $5 in interest. They load it that way. That's how it is. <clears throat> Here's how you pay off your mortgage. You pay more in principal than you do in your interest. That's pretty basic math. But let's just say, so I'm just going to, um, I'm just going to hold this up. You can't see this, but I'm just going to hold this up. So this is an amortization rate for the mortgage that we had at the time. And here's where you are. <clears throat> and it was um, $1,000 and $160 towards interest. Okay. If I take my debt snowball of $1,200 and make my mortgage payment, and then put my $1,200 as principal, as just an, ex, it's not an extra payment. Mm -mm, nope, nope, not an extra payment. It is toward the principal. And there's a, like, there's a either button online to say add yes. it towards principal or there's. We'll write a check. I do. Send it I, write, I write taxes. <laughs> so so write a check. No, I'm saying like on the little like coupon, it says like. Yeah. Like towards your principal. Towards your principal. Yes. Yeah. And so what that $1,200 does is it moves you from here all the way down to here because you've paid $1,200 in principal, which is this month, this month, this month, this month, this month, this month. And, th and now instead of it being, I can't see January, now you are in August. Hmm. So this is how now you, it's really as if it's not January anymore. It's now August. And so then you do that again the next month and guess when it is? it's December. And so now you've paid enough principal that you're moving your whole mortgage ahead. And so then that's how we paid off our mortgage then in like three or four years, five years, something, well, something I mean, ridiculous. Each, each of those payments looked like you jumped like three to five months. Right, right. Hmm. The, the key is to pay the principal. Because they don't want you to pay your principal. They just want you to pay your payment so you have your, your all that interest. But if you can pay the principal, you jump your mortgage ahead by months. Hmm. I think I knew that, but I don't know that I ever like saw that. Well, and if you don't know, you can go to bankrate.com and it's an amateur amortization um, chart. And you can put in how much you currently owe what your interest rate is and how many months you have left. You can put it in there and then you can print it out. And then you just like, write it all out and say, here's what we're going to do one year and here's what we're going to do the next year. And, and how much you can see how much, if you pay an extra $200 a month, how that jumps you ahead three months. That's all right. Do it. You don't have to have a $1,200 snowball. Just take an extra hundred dollars a month, extra, whatever it is and pay it towards your mortgage. Hmm. There you go. <laughs> we haven't paid our mortgage off yet. Um, okay. So that was good. So, um, so how to go for, how did you transition like mindset wise from, sorry if you can hear my children, they're downstairs playing Legos. They're, they're getting louder. Um, I know I'm pretty good though. I did bribe them with some popcorn, with some popcorn. Um, okay. So when you're in that mindset of just like, 
100 miles an hour, don't spend a dime saying no to yourself or whatever. How do you transition then once you start to have a little bit of, when do you start to breathe? Like, is it after this, was it after the snowball that you started to breathe and be like, okay, I can buy myself a Coke? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> or whatever. Yes. yes. Um, and like, how do you even like get past that? Or do you, like, so you don't go crazy, but it's just like a natural, like healthy spending. Right. Whatever. Yes. So you have to know, again, I'm going to say, this is your money. You can do whatever you want to do with your money. You just have to spend it wisely and not overspend. So when you're in beast mode, or as Dave says, gazelle intense, and you get all of your debts, you're saying no, you're, you're doing the debt snowball, you're um, selling things and you're whatever it is. And you, and then you get to where you're, you have everything paid off except for your mortgage. And you're like, huh? And you call Dave Ramsey show and you do like, I'm debt free, do it, do it, have a party, go listen, go take some of that money, go buy yourself some champagne, go get you a fancy meal and go have a celebration. Give your kids a $10 roll. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if they remember, do you, do you even remember this? Oh my gosh. I don't know. Do I? No, I mean, what I'm just what I'm saying. Well, like, so they got debt free, like outside of their mortgage. And you know what they gave us kids? Oh, well, this, is, oh, this like, is a Jay Cox thing. I okay, know. well, <laughs> I don't know. But and this is making me seem very ungrateful right now. <laughs> but the amount of crap. Here's what we got. You know, those little like um, bank rolls of quarters. That is what? What is that? $10. $10? No, yeah. 25? I don't know. <laughs> We're real smart over here. <laughs> those little bank rolls of quarters. That's what we got when they paid off however much of debt. That's what they gave all the kids. Now, granted, there were six, well, I gave them Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> however many kids there were. Okay. Go buy yourself some champagne. Give your kids a stack of quarters. Yeah. Whatever. Celebrate. Yeah. Have, have fun. Right. Because if they can take a breath, congratulate yourself, celebrate. The Lord says, hey, listen, God's into parties. He just ain't into parties all the time for no reason. But he, party have a celebration. You have done a great and great thing. Now you need to pivot to the next thing. Now, have you saved any money for retirement? Have you saved money for your kid's college? I mean, there's a whole, we're not done yet. So just take a breather. And now we're going to focus on all the, the next steps to the baby steps. Um, and so you don't want to tell yourself no for every single thing for the rest of your life, but you want to do things intelligently. Like, <clears throat> Do you need an Audi? Justin Sims, somehow you got in this group. No. <laughs> so Dave Ramsey will tell you, unless your net worth is over a million dollars, you are not allowed to have a new car. I'm just going to say, you're not allowed but to have a new car. Guys, like you can have the same a, old McDonald's bag on the bottom of your car. It's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. It's fine. Have a reliable car so that you like can get right. to work. That's fine. Um, but as far as telling yourself, don't, you don't have to tell yourself no, but you can just start, start, you know, this is a lesson for yourself. Do I need a $8,000 couch, which you would have maybe told yourself, oh, listen, I, well, I'm just giving examples here. I've literally never in my life I, heard neither of have I, I'm just saying, <laughs> heard of an $8, if, there, if you, if, okay. Back in the day, you would have spent $8,000 on a couch because, Hey, look how comfortable and nice and beautiful this couch is. Today, you're like, yeah, I'm not spending $8,000 for a couch. I'm going to save my money. I'm going to go buy me a new couch. I mean, no $8,000 couch, so maybe $3,000 for a couch. So <clears throat> you just brain, rein in your um, expenses and your desires and whatever. It's okay. But don't There's spend whole... three thousand dollars on a couch. Oh, whatever, <laughs> whatever. I'm just saying. <laughs> right for for uh, for the point. Right. The point. the point is that you can start to tell yourself no or tell yourself yes, but what you can't do is go crazy again. We've got uh, my debt snowball was twelve hundred dollars a month. We got twelve hundred dollars a month to spend. Oh no, you do not. <laughs> No, 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 ma'am. No, ma'am. You do not have $1,200 a month to spend. You have some that you are absolutely allowed to spend, but you, you, no, you don't have all that. Well, cause then you, you want to build your, your three to six months of savings. Right. You want to, you know, and I will say that as Justin and I got out of debt on one income, we continue in whatever, wherever you're at on this, but we tithe the entire time. 
uh, we chose to continue to tithe where I know some people kind of stop. And if you did stop or do stop, um, and what, you know, like that $1,200, like partial part of that would be going, you know, back to either tithing or giving or, or whatever that might be, um, to kind of move up level. And the point of the debt snowball, I don't know why I'm losing my voice. <clears throat> the point of the debt snowball is that you're starting with really small, tangible wins. Um, <clears throat> so even if you want to celebrate with something small after every, you know, time you pay, like, Hey, you paid off the $30 oh, city health. Sorry, I, I just <laughs> I have no but, idea. Okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, go buy like your favorite drink. I love Jones Soda. Um, you know, and then just pay after student loan. Go buy yourself lunch. Oh, whatever. Just make it like a fun, you know, thing for you. So, so that's kind of the point of that. Yeah, and the other thing we didn't say about that snowball, you have to list your debts smallest to largest. Pay no attention to the interest rate unless something is like six months same as cash that you need to pay that off within six months. Then that gets moved up in the debt snowball. But smallest to largest. Just because your student loan is $10,000 does not mean that that gets, and it's, I don't know what student loan is, 5% now, um, and your credit card is whatever, and the interest rate is more. You're gonna, some people believe that you should pay your higher interest rate things off first, and regardless of the amount, and Dave says no, because of the small wins. Because the faster you can pay them smaller things off, then you can apply that to the next thing and the next thing. And it just gives you a little boost of, yes, I can do this. Mm -hmm. As opposed to, well, we're just trudging through, trying to get through $60,000 worth of student loans. Hmm. That's going to take a while. Um, so smallest to largest. Great. There you go. Yes. So that makes <laughs> sense. Um, okay. So does anybody have any questions? Uh, we're like a minute and a half out. I, um, yeah. Hey, Lena, Britt. Hi. Jennifer, Allie, Angela, Liz, Francis, right. hey, Elizabeth, Liz. Um, <laughs> I don't know what just happened. Oh, uh, we suck at this. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh dang it. Okay. Uh, well, we're pretty much live just to say goodbye. <laughs> okay. So I was trying to scroll up and like see if there was any questions. Um, but then I have a Mac, so like, you know, like when you swipe things, it like swipes off. Well, apparently if I swipe a certain way, it ends the live video. So <clears throat> sorry guys, we just we left are. you hanging. <laughs> um, but we can continue comments. Can we continue comments? Yeah. So if you're joining us back, I don't know who you are, two of you. Hey, Britt. Hi, Britt. Woo! <laughs> Dang, we're sorry. You know what? I was literally going to say, we had a minute and a half left to not screw the whole damn thing up. And my kids weren't freaking out. And then I just we swiped, great. swiped, you know, swipey, the freaking thing. Amateur props. Gosh. All right. Wow. Um, okay. So anyways, well, we got Britt. Britt. Oh. Yeah. What is it? Oh, yeah. Okay. So um, look at this um, for whoever ends up watching this is... A waffle. They literally put this. What is this? Is this a your city one? What is this? It's our capital, whatever. They put it in a waffle iron and burnt it. <laughs> <laughs> Melted their credit card. Oh, let me show you this. Oh, man. Okay. So, oh, yeah. So, look at this, guys. You guys did this with all of them? Yeah. All of the waffle iron? Look at that. Isn't that hilarious? That's how we got on Dave. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do remember that. Isn't there a video of you guys waffle iron? Somewhere. I don't know where. Yeah. And there's like all kinds of like small little pieces that they've like cut everything up for <clears throat> beast mode because all intense yeah <laughs> yeah home depot you kind of need that now yeah <laughs> so that's pretty cool and again my parents aren't hoarders no <laughs> <laughs> listen i knew i'd need this one day i know <laughs> and here i am i know but did you see morgan's um did you see morgan's comment no she <laughs> She literally said, oh, man, I've been putting my chalky milk on my gas budget. <laughs> no. <laughs> no chalky milk. No chalky milk in there. Anyways, okay. Well, we lost everybody that was live. There was like five of you. So, sorry. But Britt. Hi, Britt. My girl. <laughs> you found us again. Um, so, anyways. All right. Well, I don't think that we had any other like – I mean, I was scrolling back through before I swiped us off. Um, I don't think we had any other questions. So, if you guys do have some more questions, um, you can continue to either put it in the thread or just – Put it on the Facebook group in general, um, and in what like four weeks now we'll be kind of rotating back towards finances. Um, so continue to track. Yes, yes. Tell yourself no. Oh, I really wanted to do a big tell yourself no at the end. <laughs> Brittany, tell yourself no. 
<laughs> oh, good Lord. Uh, anyway, well, whatever. That's all right. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> nobody's going to tune into this one. Yeah. Goodbye. Like three Goodbye. Minutes, so. <laughs> um, I was going to say one more thing and now I can't remember. Um, okay, hold on. Let's just make sure before we sign off and then I have to sign on for the third time. Okay. Your thing. Um, nope. We're good. Go do the dang thing, people. <laughs> it really is. It's really, really nice to be on this side once you do it. It's hard to even see a way out when you're in it. Um, but really, it's just that first, like, little $30 payment, just in general. And yeah. like I said on the podcast, if you if you listen, if you haven't, go do it because I only need three more downloads and I get 1000 Woohoo! <laughs> um, at least the last time I checked. But um, really, it is – check the comments. Oh. 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 Okay. <laughs> Question. So did you strictly follow the $1,000 emergency fund? Oh, we've talked about this. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Lena, we're, yeah. We suck. <laughs> we suck. Thanks for joining. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, yes. Yes. We did, we did too. The $1,000 uh, snowball or uh, emergency fund. Okay, hold on. Fund. Hold on. I, this is what I'm going to, because I know okay. what you're asking. Okay. <laughs> so some people feel like they need to have $5,000 in their savings or $10,000 in their savings. So if they have debt, like a bunch of debt, but they have $10,000 in their savings, should they take $9,000 and pay off their debt and only leave a thousand or should they leave a cushion? That's the actual question. Okay. So I would say the only thing that that would depend on is your income. So if the reason you have $10,000 in your savings account and your long-term savings is because your income goes up and down and it's seasonal and all this kind of stuff, then I would probably say you probably do need that because at some point you might need to use that for your income for three months or something. But if that's not you and you really just have a normal income that comes in every week all the time and you have $10,000 sitting over in a savings account, yes, leave $1,000 and take $9,000 and start paying your debt snowball from smallest to larger, largest and start paying that stuff off. Because once your debt snowball is paid off, the next baby step is three to six months living expenses. So, so, so you, you don't put it right back up. You don't pay your, um, you don't pay your mortgage before you get that three to six months savings. So you basically $1,000 emergency fund, go crazy on all your debt, and then you rebuild your savings. Right. And then you do your mortgage. Right. So we figured out how much we needed <clears throat> to be in our three months, which was like 11000 something. And so with our $1,200 snowball, it took us, you know, do the math, eight months, seven months, whatever it is, to get to where we needed to be. And then the next thing was the whole, you know, 15% towards retirement or college, whatever. We didn't send them to college. Um, <clears throat> But that's what you do. So take all of that money, pay off your debt, because you're, listen, okay. <clears throat> your $10,000 that you have in your savings account is earning about 1.0 interest. Your credit card is sucking at least 8% interest, if not more. And your Home Depot and your car and your all of that stuff, your all of it is sucking that much in interest, you're not gaining anything. You're earning 1% in your savings account and you're um, paying 8% in credit cards or cars or whatever it is. You're losing money. The only thing $10,000 in your savings account does is give you like a sense of security. Girl, I know. That's what we want. We're looking for security. We're looking, I, I can't take this $10,000 because then what? then God, you can do this. You have a stable job. Your husband has a stable job. You're on this plan. You're telling your kids, no, you can do this. Take that $10,000 and pay it. And then once you're done with your snap, that snowball, move on, start making your three to six months savings again. And then you can move everything else. But you know how much, if you have no debt, what, what would make you feel more secure? Having no debt or $10,000 in the bank? Because if you had no debt, how much would your income, how much would your expenses really be in a month? Hmm? Not that much. Mm -hmm. so. so if something did happen, 
you would feel more secure because it's like, well, you're, I don't have anything to pay other than my electric and my phone bill. Right. <laughs> and we can get scrappy. Do you know what I mean? And, and find money for that. Um, if we really need to, or if somebody, if somebody truly like really tragically lost a job, uh, that Monday, I don't even know what it was December 1st, 2nd or something like that. We said, yes, we opened our home to foster care and that Thursday or something, he lost his job. And I, I, I was working. I was a teacher, um, but I, I was teaching online, did not make that much. Good Lord, did not make that much. Um, so anyways, the point of all that saying, like, but the, the, the good thing was we had no debt. And How truly, secure does that make you feel? Yeah. Like there was, I mean, there was the, oh, sorry, baby. They lost your job. And there's severance. Typically, if somebody loses their job, you typically have some time. It's not like, boom, you're gone. The income's gone. Um, but it was you can ask anyone. My, my sister was actually here when he came home and I was like, you lose your job? <laughs> like, why are you home early? And he's like, yeah, I did. Absolutely. And I was like, oh, uh, <laughs> sorry. Sorry that happened. You know what I mean? And, and it's a bummer. Like, so kind of a shot to your ego. His, his company was laying off a bunch of people. We kind of knew it was going to come at some point. Anyways, point being, this is how much time that we spent like being really upset about it. And that's it. And that's it. <laughs> and because, I mean, seriously, like we didn't have any debt. So it was like, all right. And we downsized. So our mortgage was, is not that much. Um, we had no car payments. So it was like, we didn't have a credit card. I was like, whatever. Okay. Next. You yeah. know? Um, anyways, the point of that, the, the security in that is so much more than having like a big chunk of money that you probably don't even need to use. It's just sitting there. It's not really there. working for you. Not working for you at all. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Brent, I know you not knew what you were talking about. Okay, any other questions? We're going over now. We're just being whatever. I guess yeah, we're, we're gonna do. I guess we're gonna do windows. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> Round two. <laughs> Round two. So, um, all right. Well, if there's not any other questions, we're gonna hop off here. But I am gonna. Well, I'm not. I was gonna say I'm gonna convince you to be on my podcast, but I don't know that I have to convince you. Um, so at some point, whether it's our next financial conversation or the one after that, um, depending on when I get my life together with um, how to do guests well on the podcast, um, she will be back and we will be talking a lot more specifics and, and whatever else. So we love clearly talking about this stuff, um, you know, and both of us has have been through like being really done with money and not being done with money. So really the whole spectrum we've kind of been there done that so if you have any questions we love to talk about it and like I said in the podcast I don't think it should be so taboo right again like I said I don't need to know like exactly what's in her bank account and she doesn't need to know exactly what's in mine but like talk about it you know uh Brit we talk about it <laughs> you know I mean I don't know what's in your bank account but like like I said Okay, so Britt was the one, obviously, because you guys didn't see the comments, asking, um, you know, about the money thing. Well, I knew exactly what she was asking because we've had that conversation. Like, we've had the conversation on money. You're like, what should we do with that? What should we do with this? She doesn't know specifics of our income. I don't know specifics of hers. But, like, I know kind of what their goals are. I know what her and her husband's, like, you know, whatever. Um, so there's a way to have the conversation so you don't put each other in, like, a bad or you don't pressure each other financially to do X, Y, or Z. Um, but there's a way to still like have a boundary there. Right. And be obviously like appropriate, like her finances are between her and her husband. Mine are between my, me and Justin, but like as one of my best friends, and me. I know, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> she knows all things. Um, but like there's a way for us to be really good friends, know about each other's financial situation without crossing a boundary. And encourage and hold accountable and say, you can do this. And well, how, how is this going to work? And then you talk it through and you talk it out and you figure out how it's going to work. And then you do it. And then I can call you and say, did you do that? Oh, yeah, we did that. Okay. Well, there you are. Right. So, <clears throat> or like contemplating big purchases. We've talked about that too. You know, like, do we really need this? Do we not? Whatever. It's just, just having a conversation. And it's not weird. Is it weird, Brett? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and guys, we don't talk. We don't talk about finance all the time. There's just there's just a couple of different times that we've had the conversation, or it's just it's not weird to bring it up. If I was like, oh hey, by the way, well, it's whatever. no good to sit there and just struggle. Right. It's no good to sit and struggle alone. You, uh, if you have a question about your kid, you're going to call your mom or friend or whatever about mm -hmm. what is this red thing on. Uh, but 
it's okay to have questions about finances. If, especially if you didn't grow up with that. I didn't grow up with that. If you don't know how to do a budget, if you don't know what, if you don't know anything, it's okay to ask somebody who does know. So, and have the conversation and work it out and hash it out and say, okay, well, hold on a minute. We don't know, but let me go over and ask this person because I know this person knows. So let's both go and ask. And then there you are. Now you have it. Now you make a decision based on intelligence. Based on intelligence. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. Right. Because we're trying to figure it out ourselves and we don't know what the heck we're doing. So right. here we are spending all kinds of crazy money. Wouldn't this be a great idea if we Well, did... we think it's so normal. We're so over time. But we think it's so normal to yeah. just be like, put it on a credit card. It's fine. It's fine. Everybody has debt. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, don't be normal. Be weird. Great. And if you don't listen to Dave Ramsey's podcast, listen to it. Listen to mine also. Yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> but, have a podcast. But, but seriously, listen, listen to him. He literally just takes calls back to back to back to back to back talking about like this very stuff. Yes. This very stuff. People call in, what should I do about this? Should I, you know, whatever. And he just answers them and he's very direct. Um, so yeah. yeah. And if yeah. you haven't read his book, read his book. If you haven't done financial peace university and you're struggling, do that together. And he's very, very like, he said, so financial peace is that like nine week class. He said, do not do it without your spouse because I will literally cause a divorce <laughs> <laughs> because one of you guys is going to be all like gung ho about it. And the other one is not. And that's going to like, he's like, I will literally drive a wedge between you two. So you guys both have to be on board. Um, all right. Okay. We're done. We're going to shut up. Remember, remember the word of the day. Ready? All together now. No. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Thanks for the ones that actually braved this um, <laughs> live. That's it. Hold on. Hi, Alyssa. Why is your, I, Lynn, I was reading your comment. I grew up in a home that struggled with money and grew up feeling like it was so bad to talk about it because we had no extra. Yeah. 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 So as I'm like entering into this conversation with people, I'm I'm realizing that more and more that it's um. That it's that you just don't talk about it. You don't talk about it. Um, well, because people don't talk about it because they're embarrassed. Like they feel like they should have done something differently, and they did. Like I shouldn't have gone into a hundred thousand dollars worth of student loan debt to be a social worker, but I somehow did, and now here I am. And you're like, oh, I don't think I even want to tell people that, um, or whatever. You bought an Audi or whatever it is that you've done. She doesn't <laughs> like her Audi decision. <laughs> whatever it is that you've done, you feel badly that you did that. And so I'm not going to talk to people about that because then I don't, they'll see how, you know, whatever. But really, we all screwed up. Yeah. We all screwed it up. So let's just. Dave Ramsey says two things. Number one, if you have messed up with money, that makes you over 12. <laughs> That's one of my favorite quotes. Of him. Congratulations. That is all of us. Let's just like pull our, pull our pants up. What? what? Pull, our, <laughs> pull our. Big girl panties up. Yes. I think that's okay. <laughs> okay. Pull them up. Pull them up. Pull them up. Get it going. If you have messed up with money, that means you are over 12. Find a friend. Talk about it. Yes. And then the second thing, last thing I'll say is he says, and I think I said this in the podcast, but adults make a plan and follow it and children do what feel good. So be an adult. Stephanie, be an adult. This one, be an adult, right? right. Be an adult. And don't do what feels good all the time. And let's make a plan. And I'm really excited to like just be here with you guys through this whole journey. Um, seriously, ask me any questions. Sometimes it's nice to have somebody that you don't know like super, super personally. Um, even like take a look or like a fresh eye on things or, or whatever. So sure. we are signing off unless somebody else asks us a question. <laughs> United Front. No. Where is no from? What? What are you going to say no to? You got my pants up? No. No. She's saying the word no. Oh, say no, no. no. That's right. <laughs> Woo. Wow. Okay. All right. We're going to hop off here. Because <laughs> we're dumb now. Yeah. We're dumb. Oh, done or dumb? Dumb. And done. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> okay. So you're going to have to give us... <laughs> If you actually made it through that, give us a little bit of a break because this was our very first live I ever did for my business and she was kind of there for moral support and again, just to have that conversation. But I hope that you learned a lot and I also hope that you saw how easy it was to just talk about finances. Like it doesn't have to be this weird thing, right? It can be normal and really we need it to be freaking normal so we can start to kick the shame that is surrounding so many of us when it comes to finances for 
so many reasons I cannot even count right now. So if you are listening to this, I encourage you to have a conversation with your people. And if you don't have people right now that are ready to talk about finances or just in general, then seriously DM me and I will be your person. Like send me a payoff win, send me a cash purchase win, like I was talking about earlier, or an investing goal. Like I am here for all of it. And I will celebrate with you as much as I possibly can. And if you need some encouragement every now and again, like that's what this podcast is for. Um, I have free financial resources for you. That's what social media is here for. And if you are ready to just roll your sleeves up and kind of do the dang thing, That is why I have created Entrusted, my money mindset course, and also have my one-on-one budget coaching, right? Sometimes that one-on-one accountability is really what we need. So whatever you need right now, I am here for you, and I am so, so excited to walk with you and to help you find your grit while completely covering you in grace. 